Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Tonight's reading comes to us from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell you, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generations. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to all people yet unborn, that he has done it. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Perhaps we could possibly say one of the most difficult kinds of suffering is when we are alone. Yes, when we are alone by ourselves and suffering. Being alone with suffering can lead to the feeling of isolation, which can then complicate things and make things worse. Indeed, complicating our suffering, adding suffering to suffering, is easy to become overwhelmed without someone to listen to us, without someone to talk to, without someone talking to us. Being alone in our suffering can also give us more time to, yes, ruminate, Ruminate and think and ponder about the suffering that we're going through. Time actually, well, goes slower when a person is alone. Things are made even worse, though, when we feel as if God is supposedly silent when God seems to be completely absent in the midst of our suffering. This is exactly what David cries out in Psalm 22 from this evening. Listen again to the words of David, paraphrased a bit. God, God, my God. Why did you dump me miles from nowhere, doubled up with pain? I call to God all the day long, no answer though, nothing. I just keep at it all night, tossing and turning. And you, are you indifferent? Are you above it all, leaning back on a cushion of Israel's praise? We know you were there for our parents. You were there for our parents. Indeed, they cried out for help and you gave it. They trusted in you and lived a good life. And here I am. Here I am, a nothing, an earthworm, something to step on and squash. Everyone pokes at me. They make fun of me. They make faces at me. They shake their heads at me. Let's see. Let's see how God handles this one. Since God likes him so much, let God help him. When I felt this pain, when I left the womb, you cradled me. Since the moment of birth, you have been my God. Then you moved far away, and trouble moved next door. Trouble moved next door. I need a neighbor. So what can we conclude from all of this? What conclusion can we have this evening? What conclusion can we come to when God does not speak, does not speak to you in the midst of suffering? What do we say when we feel like God is absent, especially in the midst of suffering? What do we say? In a word, yes, in a word, nothing at all. It's hard to hear this, but it is true. You and I cannot conclude anything at all when God is absent, when God is silent. We can actually not discern anything at all from silence itself. When God is silent, he's not saying no, he's not saying yes, he's not even saying maybe. He's just not talking. God doesn't always talk, and he doesn't have to. Sometimes he remains silent, and that is okay. But here's the crux of the matter. We don't like silence, do we? We struggle when we don't have an answer. We want an answer right now. We want it delivered right now. We don't want our suffering now. We want to hear answers. We want to hear a voice. Remember Job in the Old Testament? He once said this, I shout for help, God, and get nothing. I get no answer. What did I do to deserve this? Indeed, what did I do to deserve this? Indeed, we don't like silence, and we often demand answers. And so when God is silent, people often speak, though. Yeah, when God is silent, other people often speak, though, for him and on behalf of him. They attribute to God their own thoughts. They like to fill that void of air. Tragically, 
This is why people are so spiritually abused during times of suffering. You see, well-intentioned Christians who are often uncomfortable with the silence of God will often try to fill the dead air with dead, meaningless thoughts. Thoughts like this. Here, here, God will never give you more than you can handle. Or, you know, you may be going through a tough time. However, you just need to bloom where you are planted. Yes, bloom where you are planted. Or this one, don't worry and don't cry. It isn't that bad. Look at the bright side of things. Tomorrow will be a better day for you. Obviously, these well-intentioned Christians don't mean to blaspheme God with silly one-line phrases, with, yes, with silly one-line phrases, but atheists, well, atheists, they do. They do when they tell us things such as this, when they say, you know, your God is silent because he's absent. Your God, well, he's dead. Martin Luther's wife, Katie, Catherine, she once saw Luther so very discouraged and unresponsive. We could say in our modern day, day and age, he was in a funk. And so Luther was very discouraged and unresponsive. And so one day she dressed, Katie, she dressed in black morning clothes as well as all of her children, all dressed in black. Luther asked her why, and she responded, Martin, have you not heard? Dear Martin, have you not heard? God is dead. My husband, Martin Luther, would never be in such a state of mind if he had a living God to trust in. Luther, actually, he burst out in a hearty laugh, it is said. And he said to Catherine, he said, Kate, you are a wise woman. I've been acting as if God were dead, and I will do so no more longer. Go take off the black. Indeed, take off the black. So what does this mean? Does this mean that when God is silent that we must cheer ourselves up with a hearty laugh, have a little jolly good old time? No, that's not what's being said. When God is silent, three things are needed to be addressed. Yes, three things need to be addressed. First, first, if we are experiencing God's distance and his silence, it isn't because God is absent or indifferent towards you and me. Even though King David and Job cried out to God in their time of grief, in their time of struggle, the Lord was not playing hard to get with them. He wasn't asleep. God wasn't asleep on the job. He wasn't asleep at the wheel. Instead, this is how they felt. Indeed, this is how they felt at that time, not how things really were at the time. In other words, when we feel forsaken by God, we are not actually forsaken, even though we may legitimately feel that way, we are actually not, objectively speaking. You see, we can't be, we cannot be forsaken by God. God actually promises us that he will neither leave us nor forsake us, that he will be with us to the very end of the age. And so, we must not trust our feelings or let our circumstances, the darkness of life around us, draw us to unnecessary conclusions. It is impossible for our Lord Jesus Christ to forsake us. It is utterly and totally impossible. Secondly, God is not silent because he is dead. Indeed, if we had a dead God, well, the tomb, the tomb would still have a dead body in it. The stone would not have been rolled away. If we had a dead God, the disciples, well, they, I guess we could say they all lied. They died a martyr's death for nothing. And we're all fools to be pitied. 
If Christ has not been raised from the dead, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, if he is a dead God, then our faith is futile. And all of us, all of us here, all we're doing is wandering around in the dark with suffering, lost forever, no hope. Thirdly, people often say that God talks to them and they talk back to God. While we must never discount the Christian voice of faith as expressed in prayer before God, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is the voice of the Christian, the voice of faith, crying out in petitions and pleas and thanksgiving and groans before Lord God Almighty. We must never discount the voice of faith expressed before God. But we must be very careful to understand we must be very careful to understand that no still small voice of God comes to you and me from the dark caverns of our hearts. Hear that again. No still small voice, no still small voice of God comes to you and me from the dark caverns of our hearts. That is to say, we must be actually very careful with our inclination to collapse inward on our emotions and our suffering when God is supposedly silent. You see, when God is silent, we have this temptation to look within ourselves, in our emotions, and our suffering, and in our pain, to try to find God's voice within ourselves in the midst of all the complexity of who we are. We look inward, and we try to look past all of our pain. We try to lift up the layers upon layers of sin to look for that small spark of hope within. Dig deep, you've heard it said before. Dig deep within. We look for a word from God, and we cry out. We look for a God in our small spark of hope and we cry out. Dear friends, God does not speak to us in these still, small, spark voices from within. And the reason being, he has already spoken to you. He has already spoken to you through his holy word. In other words, when God is silent, it's quite simple. You need a preacher to tell you what God has already said. You see, baptized saints, God has already spoken in his word, no doubt about it, and that word is meant to be proclaimed to you. He has spoken his holy writ, his holy scriptures, the Bible itself. He has spoken boldly and proclaims to us what we must hear. And so, the Bible, the word of God, must be proclaimed into your minds, your hearts, and your lives daily. Especially, we should say, especially when you are suffering, and especially when you feel as if God is silent. And so that is the reason why the Lord God sends the church pastors. Pastors to preach, pastors to proclaim, pastors to deliver the good news of the gospel. You see, you and I, we cannot trust in a God that we have not heard of, and we cannot hear about a God that redeems us unless somebody tells us about this God who redeems us and does all good things well for us. And nobody's going to tell us about God unless they are sent to do so. And that is the whole point. God sends pastors to preach the word of God into your silence so that you may have assurance and that you may have hope and certainty. And so the fact of the matter is this, that you and I do not need some new word of God, something that's new and shiny, we do not need, we do not need a new recipe for success. We do not need empty, pious slogans amid our sufferings. We do not need all sorts of this stuff, any of our emotions and pain. We do not need to look through all that to find glimmer of hope. 
We do not need to look under every layer of sin in our hearts to find that still, small voice of comfort. No, we need the Word of God to come from the outside in, to invade our ears, to invade our suffering, invade the silence, to tell us about a Christ who will never forsake you and me, will never leave you, and that that Christ will see you through the suffering, even if that suffering is unto death. Yes, even if that suffering is unto death, all the way to the great resurrection. You see, you and I, we need preachers not to tell us what God might do, but what God has already done for you and me amid our suffering. In the middle of the silent suffering, you need to hear that nothing, get this, Paul says this over and over and over, that nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, nothing today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between you and God's love because of the way that Jesus, your master, has embraced you through the cross and in your baptism. You need to hear that even though your skin may sag and your bones may get brittle, while the Lord God, yes, the Lord God is your firm hope that you have in this life and the life to come. He is firm for you and he will see you through this veil of tears, through death, and onto the hope of the resurrection of your body where everything will be made right again. Baptized saints, God is not dead. He will never forsake you. And he is not silent. He is alive. The tomb is empty. You are baptized and you are joined to Christ forever. And he has spoken his word for you so that you may not despair and you may not have fear, but you may endure to the end. You are forgiven in Christ. He is for you. He will sustain you. He will raise you. All because he's good to us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The The Lord Lord bless bless and keep you. you.